This is Ann Graham Lots. It's almost like having a worship service in your vehicle. It gets you ready for the day. It seems like it gives you the kind of message that you need when you need it. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into Signs of the Times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, February 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Greg Hilt, and along the other side of the glass is our senior pastor here at Calvary Knoxville, Mark Kirk, and uh, we are glad to be with you for the next hour as we talk about things happening in our world and why they truly reveal what the Bible has been talking about would be happening in the latter days. Yeah. Pastor Mark, uh, hopefully we're going to have a warming trend coming up here in Knoxville. We know the people in Texas have been hit really hard, yeah. and hopefully they'll thaw out uh, soon as well. Well, we need to be um, praying for them. Don't forget, you know, we say that, but believers yeah. out there listening, don't forget, I was praying for them today. Remember, really, yeah. say prayers. Use your use your words. Yeah. Say prayers for our, our family there in Texas and uh, the believers and the unbelievers. I mean, that's a hard situation they're in. We need to be praying for them. Absolutely. And we are going to talk about weather and things like that in the second half as we get into our news articles. Uh, but first... You've got me. I want to give a shout out to one of our Signs of the Times listeners, uh, Linda, and she'll know who uh, I'm talking about, which Linda, because she stopped by the studios here today wanting to know if I received her prophecy question, and I did not. Uh, so, Linda, you went to the right place at thewaymedia.net. Click on Signs of the Times and then uh, fill out the prophecy question there. But I'll tell you who did uh, get us a prophecy question today, Pastor Mark, and that is Shelby. Yes. And Shelby's question uh, is fantastic. And uh, her question is entitled, Must the Church Be Either Red or Blue? She says, A lot has come up in politics lately that has made me question what the viewpoint of the church should be. Typically, when an issue of politics comes up, you, and I'm thinking she's referring to you personally, Pastor right, Mark, right. tend to say that you won't tell the church who to vote for or that no matter your political views, you need to take into account the Word of God, etc. But during the last podcast, you made it sound fairly black and white. You stated that one man had views that went with God, and one had views that were against God. I am confused, because that makes it sound as if the church must vote red to follow God, even despite of the evil that has occurred. I am 100% pro-life, and I understand that blue is typically at odds with me on that. But red doesn't take care of the poor, which is also unbiblical. I used to think that those decisions should be prayed over and made based on both policy and the candidate's heart, not that it must be an quote-unquote always vote red or consider policy even if you think one particular man is evil. So my question is, what is your advice on voting within the church? Is the church red or blue? Or should we stand by the candidate that we feel led to vote for? Is being a Democrat and a Christian mutually exclusive the way you made it sound when you said that Biden was obviously not a Christian? Sincerely, and she says purple PS, I don't know what that means. Right. Uh, I know I have asked a difficult question and that it is much easier to stay out of politics. Mm -hmm. However, I and many others speak to are confused by the lack of guidance that the church offers on this issue. If this question cannot be answered in the church, people must look outside of the church to find it. 
That only deepens the rift between the leading of the Spirit and our duty to vote. I am desperate for some guidance from someone I trust. Yeah, well, that's a great, I mean, the question is so good, and it's really very in-depth, Greg, and that's why we're going to take a little time on it. Yeah. Now, whether or not it'll take the whole half, we have some other things we may look at, but I want to just take our time on this to really kind of talk about it because this is a very um, important issue. And let me just start off by saying, because uh, I know some people that may have heard even that question and maybe heard me last week, we know that judgment alone begins to, uh, belongs to God, the ultimate judgment. But the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And so when I made the statement that President Biden um, is not a believer, I think the fruit, if you look at what he believes, what he stands for, and the things he says, then I think it's pretty evident that he's not made that connection to God. I mean, it's not a matter of me you know, judging in a wrong way. And I don't think we've ever confirmed that President Trump was a Christian yeah, either. Which wasn't, yeah, oh, yeah I, wasn't anyway. the issue here, but I yeah. want to just make that very clear again. I'm not, uh, there's a biblical judgment and there's an unbiblical judgment. Biblical yeah. judgment would be basing what we view on the fruit. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. And if someone is uh, living a certain way, doing certain things, uh, by the way they're living, it makes a statement about their connection to God or lack thereof. And, um, and unbiblical judging is when you're judging someone based on their hair color or whether they wear blue jeans to church or whatever, personal opinions. But when you look at the scripture, you can make those kind of things. I just want to make that clear so that nobody uh, misunderstands my statement. I, I said, I, I pray for the president. We need to be praying for him to have a true relationship to God. And, um, and I think that when we look at some of the issues here, you'll understand why just looking at the fruit that I feel fairly confident there's been no connection to God in his life. So it's not about me uh, name-calling or doing whatever, simply evaluating the the obvious. Now, with that said, again, when it comes to voting, there has to be some groundwork laid here before we answer this question, uh, Greg, as you know. And number one, should the Christian vote? I think very much so. We've talked about that. We have a responsibility. And I'll give you a scripture that I believe applies to that. Uh, James 4.17 says, Therefore... To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Well, if you know that you can impact a nation and the way a nation goes for God or against God and you do nothing, then you're not, you're not taking action and doing good. I think we have a responsibility to do good when we can. So if we see um, a, a candidate, someone running for office that we know can do good in the godly sense, a biblical sense, we have responsibility, I think, to go and try to, to put that in place and to vote for them. The second thing I would say is, um, because God's given us that, that privilege, the second thing I would say is is that we have to also look at this before we even get into the issue. Um, if Christians are not, we're not to be, our, our, our decisions shouldn't be based on politics. They need to be based on God's word. Um, a lot of people say policy. Not, not politics, but policy. I'll go beyond that as a Christian and say, it needs to be based on God's word. What does God's word say? All right? And the next thing we have to base it on is, is first of all, we have to understand that everyone is born a sinner, okay? So no matter what candidate you have, uh, even if they know the Lord, they're not going to be right on 100% in everything. And if you're waiting for someone to be... According to what the Bible's saying. That's right. And if you're waiting for a leader to be perfect and to not have any flaws or, or, or a movement not to cover every issue you want covered, you'll never get involved at all because nobody's ever going to do that. We are by nature fallen, and so what we have to do is, in the fallen nature, we look to the Word of God, we look to God, we pray, and we say, all right, God has given us an opportunity in this time that we live in, in this nation, to make an impact on the direction of our nation. Who running is the closest to the Word of God? And we basically minimize the damage. Minimize the damage. For example, um, you made a comment about um, the poor and all that, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, um, But as far as the poor goes... I mean, as far as that goes, you're not going to see any party that's going to do everything exactly the way you might think it should be or the Bible says. So our job is minimize the damage, realize that Jesus is not yet ruling and reigning yet, find out who stands the closest to the Bible, and then give our support behind that. Um, you know, one of the things that concerned me, and it really caused me to kind of mention, I guess, what we did last week, Greg, is that I know there was a large portion of the church, or those that at least say that the church, that, again, voted um, for uh, you know, President Biden this last election, and I want to be careful about how I say this, it's not about which party they stand with, but when you look at what they said they're going to do and what they're promoting, as a believer, you've got to think about that. And a, a lot of the basis are on people looking at people. I like this guy better than that one. He's nice, he's mean. Let me kind of give you a, a really raw example here that might kind of make my, my point um, understandable before we get into more of the details. Let's say we've got somebody in Tennessee running for governor. This person is going to run for governor. And they are 
super nice, very likable. They're putting in playgrounds in all the poor areas of town. They're supplying food for the poor. They're, they're giving the homeless places to live. I mean, they're just, if you talk about doing good, they are the poster child for doing good. But you find out that when they're not in office during the day, they're actually killing people. They're out in the streets murdering at night. And they're doing drive-bys, shooting people, maybe even doing home invasions, killing people. Nobody's caught them yet. And you find out this person is murdering people. The question is, how much murder can they do until you say, I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how many parks they're building. I don't care how many homes they're, I mean, how much food they're giving. I don't care how many good things they're doing. How much murder is okay to say they've got my vote? Well, for me, the answer is zero. I, I can't support anyone that's murdering someone. I don't care how good they are on the outside of doing other things. And so this brings us to just very one issue. And this is where I was really very disappointed to see, um, you know, again, when people say the church, you wonder how much of it are true believers. You know, Jesus gave the parable of the, the sower that went out to sow. And there's really, when you look at that parable, there's a big portion of that parable that were, were not even really the church in his example. So everybody that says that they're the church is not the church. We know that. But when I see um, what happened before this election was, and I have no, uh, there's no personal agenda toward any candidate here, but President Biden was very open that he was going to expand the murder of babies. He was very open about it. He said, we're going to not only um, uh, expand abortion to other nations that we're going to pay for, which is the murder of babies. Mm-hmm. We're going to take it all the way up to start working toward legislation all the way up until birth, which is even the most brutal form of killing a baby. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that, I go, well, you may like, you may be mad at at the other candidate for how they are and how they act and how they tweet or what they do and all the things that are said about them. But if this person is saying openly, I'm going to put people's lives to death and I'm going to promote that, how much of that is okay where you say, I'll vote for that person? And this doesn't limit to red or blue. I'm saying, right. you, look, you give me any person, let's say this governor is, 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 I don't care what party the governor's with that's killing people on the off hours, but doing really good things during the day. I can't vote for that governor because they're killing people. And and here's why it goes directly against God's word. As a Christian, I have to go back to God's word and say, what does God's word say? Thou shalt not murder. And that's what it literally says in the language of the 10 commandments. It doesn't say thou shalt not kill. It's a different word, which again, I won't get into now, but again, that means that with war and things like that, there's not a prohibition with, with wars that have to defend your family or your nation. That's a whole other subject, Mm -hmm. but it says literally the word is used. Thou shalt not murder. So when you've got a candidate that says, I'm going to murder and I'm going to promote murder, but I'm super nice and I'm going to do all kinds of nice things for the poor and I'm going to stand up for all the weak and I, whatever, how, how much can they murder and you still vote for them? Again, like I said, the answer for me is none. So that's why I say as a believer, what we have to do um, when we look at a situation like this, uh, Shelby, is we have to say, or what is the person really doing? Not what they're saying, and, and what are they? Are they doing something that is in direct opposition to God's word? For example, with President Trump, um, he wasn't doing anything in direct opposition to God's word. Um, people just didn't like him. They didn't like his personality. He was abrasive, the way he said things. I mean, he was accused of things, such as he was accused of being a racist, but the people that are closest to him say that wasn't true. That was just political, you know, being used against him. So the evidence, when you look at the two, regardless of their party is, as a Christian, you've got to say, which one is going to stand the closest? They're both fallen man. Which one is going to stand the closest to God and his word? And that would be the candidate that is going to protect the lives of babies. And we know that President Trump was trying to stop abortion, back it up. And President Biden is promoting abortion. So it's not about the poor or the not poor. It's about saving lives. Yeah, when you look at God's word, if you want to put it in the context of politics, Shelby, uh, you could take a look at the things that God says is important or that God says we should do or God says we shouldn't do. Right. And you could call that a political platform if you want to try to make it fit into this context. And so, well, we know that Jesus isn't on the ticket. So who can we find on the ticket that's going to represent yeah. this list, of this platform? Right, right. And and knowing that you're not going to check all the boxes, who's going to get the closest? And, and maybe you can touch on this a little bit too, Pastor Mark, there's a lot of things that God says but God definitely has a priority of things. Absolutely. Not that, not that, not that one sin is better than the other or whatever. I mean, sin is sin, and any sin keeps us from the kingdom. Right. But in terms of the things that God abhors or he hates. That's right. Uh, that he calls an abomination or all those things. This is God calling these things now. Re- remember right. this. Right. We have to look at 
his priority, and that has to be our priority. There you go. If we're if we're his, there you go. And that's exactly the point. When you're looking at who your what the candidates are, you want to look. What are the things that that are, that are an insult to God or against God's word? And if that person is standing there, no matter how many parks they're building, and no matter how nice they are, we as believers should not be casting our vote. You know, there's a warning in Scripture, Greg, where it says, "Do not for those that are doing evil, do not be partakers with them." And and another place that says that if you're supporting them, you are partaking with them. So even, you know, standing with someone, voting for a candidate that's doing evil, God is saying you're casting your vote in with the wicked. And so you can say, oh, no, I already did. What do I do now? Well, now what you do is ask God's forgiveness and then never make that mistake again because you can't reverse what's been done. But anything, for example, and, and, and this is where the social agendas come in and it becomes real. It becomes political, you know, as people say. Um, and so, like I said, that was one great example there, I think, that we talked about as far as the life of, of God created life. He said life is sacred. He created life to live. So if somebody comes along and says, I'm going to kill life, I'm going to murder it, I'm going to stop it in the womb or do whatever it's going to do, we can't join ourselves with that. We can't be a part of that. And when you come to some of the incidental issues, Greg, like we saw in the question here, and I want to get back to that as mm-hmm. well. Sure. And um, if there's anything I forget, remind me, because we kind of went yeah. through this. Okay. But again, we talked about, for example... You, Republicans or, or the you said Shelby the red doesn't really take care of the poor as much. Here's the thing: the Bible doesn't call the government to do that. In other words, the Bible calls the church to take care of the poor. The Bible doesn't say that Democrat or Republican should take care of the poor. The Bible doesn't call the there's the, the Bible is completely silent with the government having anything to do with that. Now, again, is it wrong for the government to help in some things? I'm not saying that. I'm saying. The question is not, is not, you're not understanding what, what the priorities of God are. God cares about the poor. God loves the poor. But God puts that priority on the church and on the believer. We have to be careful not to pull issues that are social issues, political social issues, into our biblical decision when it comes to who we're voting for. We have to stick with the, the Scripture. Uh, and I'll take that one step further, too, Pastor Mark, because Jesus addressed the poor uh, when he was talking uh, to his disciples, and he and he said, "You will have the poor with you always." But in reference to himself, that he wouldn't be around for right. for very long here on earth, right? In that thing, so that is an important statement that Jesus makes in the context of how we prioritize causes and concerns in our life. The Bible is very clear that the church is to look after the poor in the sense that to the extent the church can do it, but that God is saying it's the church's responsibility. Yet at the same time, if if we're making it our goal to obliterate poverty, well, clearly that's that goes against the truth of what Jesus said. He said the, it, it's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So if we're spending all our time and our energy and the goal is to eradicate it, then we're kicking against the goads, as Jesus told uh, Paul, right. we're, we're, we're fighting a battle that we're never going to win. Yeah. All we can do is do the battle that's in front of us that God has given us to battle with, with the resources he's given us, and to address that concern in front of us and pray for the rest and trust yeah. God in all of that. Yeah, and this is another reason, Shelby, we need to keep it um, non-political and just keep it biblical. I mean, obviously, when you vote, there's a politic, um, you know, there's a political side to that. Because you have to, to be involved in politics to do that. But we have to keep it outside of that. For example, I'll give you another. If if the government gets involved, which they have, in taking care of the poor, then you can also be, the government can actually be promoting an anti-biblical approach to things. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying there aren't some poor that need help. And certainly the church is required, we are required to help the poor. We're called to do that. Um, but at the same time, the Bible says that God puts a responsibility on mankind to be responsible for himself. And as the way it says in the scripture, it says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Now, that can sound cold and hard for somebody that can't work or somebody that's not in that place. We're not talking about that. There are always exceptions, and then we need to help those that need that help. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if the government takes on the responsibility of taking care of the poor as a political platform, then if they begin to give monies to people that God really wants to be working, and those people decide... I'd rather not work, I can stay home and just get a check, then it's actually the government is promoting, and the person you voted for is promoting anti-biblical, um, an outcome, an anti-biblical outcome. It, sometimes it's good for a person not to receive that check so they can go, you know what, 
I need to go get a job. And the Bible even says his hungry mouth leads him on. <laughs> now, again, yeah. some people, think, oh, how cold. No, this is the word of God. Yeah. God says sometimes it's good for people to be a little bit hungry and without if, if they're not being responsible. So they'll go get a job. And if the government just gives them everything, all we're going to do is promote an anti-biblical view and, and be out of line of how God designed man, which not only is against the word of God, it now starts all kinds of psychological issues, uh, makes you feel you're not, you're not being responsible, et cetera. So yeah. the psychological side of that and emotional as well. Well, and that, that goes one step further, Shelby, and then that's an abuse in some uh, uh, denominations of the church yeah. that teach that God wants everyone to be healthy and wealthy, and somehow God is just going to give and make you healthy and wealthy because that is what God's ultimate desire is, and somehow I maybe I don't have to work for it, maybe it's just going to come to me. Yeah. It creates a falsehood, so when things just don't come to me, yeah. you know, and it's an expectation of entitlement is really what that teaching teaches. Yeah. And then when that doesn't happen, and I'm, I'm, I'm not made wealthy or I'm not made healthy, then all of a sudden now I'm looking at God in a completely different light. I'm not trusting him. I'm not believing him. And we remember what the Apostle Paul, when he asked God to heal him of what we believe was an eye disease, and he asked more than once, <laughs> right? Uh, God's response to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Now, yeah. Paul knows later why. Maybe we can make guesses why. But the bottom line is, is that we've got to stay in the bounds of what God says we should be doing and we shouldn't be doing and trust him with the things that we don't understand in those contexts. Yeah, and I want to pull another aspect into this, Shelby. There's so many facets to this. We have to be careful as Christians. You know, you said that I made it black and white. I think this was very black and white this last election. I'm very, it was, it was very clear based on the issues I brought up. And here's what I mean. Here's where it gets muddied. It gets muddied because of emotions. And let me share how, how this gets muddied. Someone doesn't like, uh, say, uh, one side because of a stand that they make and, and they bring an emotional issue in. Maybe the emotional issue is uh, one candidate stands for, for your people group and one candidate doesn't. And so the emotions get in and it overrides the word of God. It's like, well, I want somebody to stand with my people group. For example, we look at the, the Black Lives Matter movement and we say this candidate really stands with this movement and black lives do matter. Of course they do. We'd all, any believer would agree with that. That's ludicrous to say otherwise but you take a movement like that and then you say all right what does the movement really teach and if you start looking at what the movement really teaches it's a very communistic anti-god anti-family uh, movement that really promotes a lot of evil things against the word of god that's just a fact and so but it doesn't mean that you don't love black people or white people or any color people because you say that it's what do they stand on and what does that mean so a good thing was hijacked to promote yeah, bad things. you take a good title, mm -hmm. which everybody would agree with, and then you have a really bad system of belief behind it that's anti-God. And, and the problem is, if people are based working off of emotions, and they're not doing their homework as to what's really being taught here, where they really stand on their own website, then you pull people in. Believers, I think well-meaning believers can be pulled in by emotions into a true statement that has a lot of evil behind it. Okay. So, so, um, you know, and we talked, Greg, you know, in the past and, and even mentioned before the show, the Bible says that we're all from just one blood. Every one of us, you know, we're all from Adam and Eve. So there's one blood and the Bible teaches, this may shock some people, but the Bible teaches there's only one race. There aren't multiple races. There is one race. It's called the human race. God made man after his kind, even, even as he made, you know, uh, each animal after their kind and everything after their kind. He made man after mankind. That's the point. So there's one race. Now you say, well, wait a minute. What about different colors in different parts of the world? Well, yeah, there are different ethnicities. Uh, there are different ethnic groups. And that's, that's not the same thing, really, of what people are trying to break this down as race. It's almost like uh, Satan is breaking everybody up in their little groups to cause us all to fight. And God is saying, you're all one, every one of us. I don't care what color you are out there today listening to me. We have the same dad and mom. It's Adam and Eve. We're, we're the same family. And, and then you have this, so, so it's And that's been proven scientifically through DNA, Abs by the way. Absolutely. The yeah. genetic code the goes genetic back code goes all, all the way, way back, back to two yeah. people. Yes, two so people. we now can show that yeah. scientifically, which the Bible told us. But my point is, this is where it muddies the water, Shelby, is someone will take an emotional issue and they'll throw it into politics 
And then now we start looking at the emotional issue. We all want to, we all want to stand in the right place and do the right thing, but we don't realize until we do our homework that what we're standing with may be actually opposing God. So we've got to stop, find out what the group is teaching, look at the word of God, and regardless of the emotions around it and the accusations that will come, we've got to stand with God, and we've got to make that you know, that position as a believer to stand with God. And then things start becoming clear in that way. We have to judge based on God's word. We have to base on, you know, uh, through prayer and this kind of thing and leave emotions out. And what I see, I I think right now, because so many people don't know the Bible, Greg, the emotional side of things can really be manipulated and used in a way to, for example, if you were to say, if I, if I started a group, as we joked about before, little puppies matter, for example, you know, I'm part of the, 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 the LPM movement. And if somebody doesn't join me, that proves, that proves they hate puppies. And so I'm saying, you hate puppies, don't you? Well, no. Yes, you do, because you won't be a part of my little puppies uh, matter movement. Well, that's silly. I mean, of course I love, who doesn't love puppies? I mean, some people may not, but they're adorable. That's not the issue. What does little puppies matter? What does it stand for? Is it just a name that sounds good to get everybody emotionally attached, and then it's going to do something bad behind the scenes? Or is it a good movement? So as believers, we have to rise above politics. Forget the party. Forget red and blue. Forget the the the, um, the terminology used to describe a movement. Forget that. You can say um, nice people are great movement. You know, we can keep going all different kinds of movements, mm-hmm. and we all want to be a part of the nice people are great movement. And then there will be a mean people are, ba- are great movement. Well, we wouldn't want to be a part of the mean people are great movement because that shows you're a mean person. Well, See, names are powerful. Titles are powerful. But go to the Word of God. What, where do they stand? What are they teaching? Are they loving all of mankind? And I, before we get out of time, I want to touch on this. It says in First John, listen to what it says, because if it, by the world's definition of racism, that's hatred of someone. And now, again, you get all these accusations. Well, we're all systemically racist. That, no, we're all systemically sinners. That's a true statement. And we all have different sins we have propensity to. But we don't all hate each other. And that's crazy. And as a believer, the Bible says, as a matter of fact, once you come to know God, you can't hate your brother. Listen to what he says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he's not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. So and, and John goes on in First John, if you read it in other places, to say, basically, if you hate your brother, you don't know God. But if you know God, you don't hate your brother. So if someone is a true Christian, it is biblically impossible to be systemically racist. You can't be. If you are systemically racist, you're not a Christian. You don't know God. Because if you know God, you love your brother. You don't hate your brother. And that's why, for example... Of course, black lives matter. All lives matter. Uh, the, you know, every, and I know that even gets people in trouble for saying that. By me saying that, I'm not saying that somehow black lives don't matter. Of course they do. But God died for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe would have eternal life and not perish. And so as believers, we inherit that spirit of God when we give our life to the Lord. And are we still a sinner fallen by nature? Yes. But if we hate our brother, if we are systemically racist, as they now say that everyone is, okay, then that means you don't know God. And what they're saying is that nobody on the planet knows God. Because if you know God, you cannot hate your brother. We are one. We are one blood. We have one mom and dad. We're one, we are the human race. And we love each other. We may not agree with everywhere that we all stand. But we love each other because of Christ living in us. So, because uh, I'm obviously new to that thought. Uh, systemic racism does that just apply to one ethnicity or to all of mankind well no they're saying basically it's critical race theory if you've heard about that that's out there now what it basically teaches in a nutshell is that everyone by nature is racist everyone Mm. okay and what i'm saying is everyone by nature is fallen and evil i'll agree with that we are but we have different propensities. Some are, 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 are evil in sexual stuff. Some are evil in, in lying, cheating, stealing. Some are evil in hating others. That's true. But you can't put a blanket statement on Christians to say that because although we are fallen by nature, if, if we hate our brother, that's proof we don't know God. If we know God, yeah. the proof will be 
we love our brother. And that's any color and all of them. All of them, all of them. Well, Shelby, we hope (laughs) that you got your question answered. And we know that we dovetailed a bunch of other stuff into it. But it was all important to talk about because these are the things that are happening in our world today. And these are the signs of the times, which we'll continue talking about as our show continues right after this. W-I-A-M-L-P 101.1 FM, Knoxville When your children are grown, will they use money wisely? Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. Though we can't answer that question with certainty, Crown's founder, Larry Burkett, reminds us that parents play a vital role. You know, the Lord does not hold us responsible for the decisions of our children. He holds us responsible for their training. Remember Eli? Eli had two very evil sons, apparently. And his sons were doing all kinds of evil things in the temple of God. And God, through Samuel, talked to Eli. He said, Eli, your sons are an abomination before the Lord. But he didn't say, Eli, you're responsible for their decisions. You know, he said, Eli, you're responsible because you failed to give them the discipline of the Lord. He said, you failed to tell them. Apparently, Eli was so soft-hearted that he failed to tell his sons that what they were doing was even wrong. And God held Eli responsible for it. Not for their decisions. Everybody makes their own decisions. God never had grandchildren. God never had stepchildren. He's only got children. Everybody comes to the Lord the same way. Our children included. We are responsible for their training, nothing more. And you have to deal with their personalities. And the kind of training that you can give one child is not the same kind of training that another will respond to. See, one might respond to punishment and the other be totally devastated by it. And the only way you can do it, you have to spend some time doing it. You have to dedicate a part of your life to training up those children. Well, one of the best examples you can set for your children is to free yourself from credit card debt. And if you need a hand, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They can create a debt management plan just for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline at 800-722-1976 or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Never forget the work of God. It helps to root us in the calling of God and what He's doing in our lives. Oh, I don't want to go back to my past. I don't want to relive a moment of it. But you know what? I have a past. So do you. My past isn't all that good. But you know what? I don't live in the past. I live in today. And the bypass reminds me that God can save anyone. And He wants to. He wants to save your brother. He wants to save your mom. He wants to save your boss, your co-worker. God can save anyone. When you remember your past, you don't remember it in condemning yourself. You remember it to say, God, you're so good that you've brought me where I am today. It gives you perspective. You can learn more at edtaylor.org. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, February 19th, 2021. If you're watching the podcast, episode 157 later on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher, thanks for doing so. Thanks for subscribing. You can also watch uh, this episode and previous episodes right from thewaymedia.net under the Signs of the Times section, or you can download the Way Media app from the Apple or Google uh, Play Store. And uh, coming soon, um, you will be able to watch the show live in the Way Media app or on the website. Right now, we are on uh, the Calvary Knoxville YouTube channel live if you want to watch the video. Uh, we really appreciate Shelby's question in the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a that's a um, not a unique question. A lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people in her own body yeah. have struggled with that. And, and not just recently, Shelby, either. Really, um, for I would say really the last eight years, eight to ten years, you know, this has really been growing, these issues and where we see 
uh, politics and in, in, in the word of God and, and all, these, all these things come together. Um, and while things are black and white, things can appear gray. And God's word really is the thing that gives us clarity uh, because it's easy to get confused. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Yeah. And so that's all the more reason why we've got to know what God's word says. Our flesh might not like it, <laughs> but our spirit will. And let me add something real quick, yeah, Greg. Because absolutely. I want, that, just a real quick point to finish up Shelby's question. Because yeah. she did say, what is some clarity on these? I would say this. When you're looking at the people you want to be supporting um, in this realm, you want to be looking for people that stand with Israel. You want to be looking with people that stand with God's biblical design for a man and a woman. Because that's God's word. And you want to be looking for those that will defend um, the unborn, defend people's lives and save them, not put them to death. If you find those three, you're doing pretty good in any candidate. And uh, and the, the, the incidentals that fall on the wayside, whether or not they're helping the poor or the other things. Don't, when I say incidental, I'm not saying the poor are incidental. I'm saying the things that, again, you know, don't affect the major outcome of the nation and really aren't even a biblical mandate for the government to be involved in. That's what I mean when I say that. So let me make sure I'm clear on that because, of course, the poor matter greatly to God and to us. But look for those major things that are there and you'll you'll be steering in the right direction. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you sharing your concerns, Shelby, and articulating so well for us. And if again, if you've got a question like Shelby, um, prophecy or otherwise, uh, just reach out to us at thewaymedia.net. Click on Signs of the Times, and you'll see where you can send us your prophecy question. All right, let's get into Ezekiel 38 and 39 as we roll through articles for this Friday afternoon here on Signs of the Times. Uh, Pastor Mark, our first article comes from jpost.com. Iran could deploy 200 missiles in Iraq to attack Israel. Yeah, this is a big deal. Um, The Iranian rationale for missile deployment is launched against Israel to prevent direct IDF retaliation against targets in Iran territory. Um, With the tensions rising, the article says, with Iran, Israel Israel is concerned that the Islamic Republic could deploy up to 200 long-range missiles uh, in Iraq that could be used to attack the Jewish state. Iran is already believed to have hundreds of missiles that can reach Israel. While the chances of a direct confrontation between Israel and Iran are deemed low, heightened tensions in the north amid the possibility of a confrontation in Syria or Lebanon could also draw Iran to retaliate. Uh, Again, Israel has reportedly upped its attacks against the Iranian infrastructure in Syria in recent weeks. On Monday morning, the Israeli Air Force uh, aircraft uh, reportedly struck targets near Damascus, the second strike within a week. So w- there's a couple of reasons this is important. One is, remember, we're watching for this buildup, an eventual battle where Russia and Iran will move against Israel. Um, but this is also comes into key and really goes back to the first half question, um, is that Iran has said if they get a nuclear weapon, they want to destroy Israel. And God said we're to stand with Israel. Those that uh, love Israel love God, he says. Those that turn against Israel don't love God. And they and Genesis 12.3. Yeah, in essence. I'm summing up my yep. words. But yeah. And so the bottom line is, is that whenever you, you see this kind of thing, you know, you want, again, your nation to be standing with Israel, somebody that's stopping Iran from moving forward, um, where our current administration is now moving for helping Iran get a nuclear weapon that's the kind of kind of ties into the first half but this is big because again they're saying now we might not even wait to retaliate we might attack first etc with some of the weapons that we have it is interesting greg um this is not in your main news but in the last two days uh, russia moved out of a major military base right next to damascus and we often talk about damascus because of the destruction of damascus isaiah mm-hmm. in isaiah 17 1 yeah um they moved out within 24 hours they moved an entire you know uh, regiment. I don't know the word you'd use for the Russian terminology. And within another day, the Iranians had moved in completely and taken <laughs> over that military base right there next to Iran. So what? There, I mean, next yeah. to uh, uh, Damascus. Yeah. So Iran is positioning itself. Israel knows that. Israel is striking. You don't hear about all the strikes. They're taking out what they have to take out. And but the more these kind of weapons get to Iran, the better position Iran gets in the threat. The more we're getting ready for this confrontation of Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Well, we've been talking about Isaiah seventeen one ever since the um, the civil war in Syria. Yeah, and right. wondering exactly what could be the destruction yeah. of Damascus that's yeah. been prophesied that's right. yet to happen. I'll tell you what will happen is if the entire Iranian army is sitting in Damascus. It's one thing that Russia's sitting there. Israel's not going to do anything. But I could see where if the Iranian army is there, 
or Israel could be forced to do something, yeah, which would then pull Russia towards absolutely towards Israel, absolutely prophetically. So anyway, that's just very interesting that you share that. Yeah, and I will one quick note, side note before we go on to the next article. You know, I did hear something very interesting, Greg, and I don't know whether or not this could play into it or not. But you remember all the material they brought into Lebanon that blew up. It was material that was going to be used for bombs, but it it just self combusted and blew up. And I forget. Yeah, it was that um, um, ammonium nitrate. Yes, thank you, ammonium nitrate. Um, You know, there have been some speculation that they might be trying to bring ammonium nitrate in. That could be a possible thing to have weapons to build right there on the border. Mm-hmm. And if they did the same kind of storage and it went bad there, that could blow Damascus would, up by itself. Look what happened in Lebanon. Exactly. Wow. Interesting thought. Just a thought. Good. Well, we'll keep our eyes on that for sure. All right. Our next article, Pastor Mark, comes from Israel365news.com. Gearing up for Gog and Magog, Iran and North Korea resume their ICBM nuclear cooperation. Yes. Intercontinental uh, ballistic missiles is what ICBM stands for. And again, because of the new administration is not as hawkish and, and, and you know, they don't see them. They see them softer. You see North Korea and Iran now saying, okay, this is our chance to move. And again, this may fall right into the prophetic picture because we know they're going to be emboldened yeah. to move. And if they had, if we had a president they knew would confront them, uh, they wouldn't move. But I think they feel right now that our current president won't confront them. A report submitted to the United Nations Security Council revealed that North Korea and Iran have resumed cooperating on their missile programs, which include developing nuclear-capable intercontinental ballistic missiles. This resume, that is basically for those, if you haven't heard, you know, they fly across the whole world and blow you up from anywhere. I mean, that's where the, how they get their nukes to us. This resume cooperation is said to have included the transfer of critical parts with the most recent shipment associated with this relationship taking place in 2020. Uh, the report stated it noted that North Korea maintained and developed its nuclear and ballistic missile programs in violation of the U.N. Security Council resolution. So, see, even when President Trump was in, they were maintaining this. They just didn't forward it because they had a fear of our, our last president. It produced uh, fissile material, they said, maintained nuclear facilities, upgraded its ballistic missile infrastructure, continued to seek material and technology from these programs from overseas. Uh, the expert report states. Uh, fissile material uh, is an essential ingredient for producing nuclear weapons. So what you're seeing is um, President Biden announced it to, announced today they're going to try to work toward helping Iran get back toward building a nuclear weapon. And at the same time, uh, North Korea has now made it clear they are pursuing building a nuclear weapon. And at the same time, you got these two linking up together so they can have a, a delivery system. You see, North Korea has the missiles to get these nukes around the world. Iran needs the missile, and they need a way to deliver it. They're working on developing their bomb. Now they need someone to sell them the parts to put together the the missile, and they're coming together, and North Korea says, hey, we'll take the money, and we don't care about Israel, blow them up. We don't care about America, blow them up. So this is like a, a demonic alliance that really spells trouble for the world, and the kind of stuff you'd expect in the last days as we watch this world fall apart. But this is serious stuff. You know, again, this is where you need a president that's going to be somebody that people fear. If you've got a president that people don't fear, the enemy's going to move. And that's what's happening. Our next article, Pastor Mark, comes from IsraelNationalNews.com. The United States approves the sale of missiles to Egypt. You know, this is interesting, Greg. I found this just to be interesting in light of, um, you know, we've been an ally to Israel. I mean, to, to Egypt. Um, and, and Egypt, on paper, is an ally to, to um, Israel as well. But we just canceled our sale of some planes and jets, F-35s, to Saudi Arabia, and, and yet we're supporting Egypt. But anyway, notice this $197 million sale of rolling airframe missiles comes even as the Biden administration froze the sale of F-35s to the UAE. Uh, President Joe Biden's administration on Tuesday approved the sale of 168 tactical missiles to Egypt. And the sale of the Raytheon-made rolling airframe missiles was requested by the Egyptian Navy to have better defense of their coastlines at the Red Sea. Uh, again, it's just interesting to see where the support is. Again, we're giving them support. We're not giving support to um, Saudi Arabia. And I find that interesting in that when Russia and Iran do move against Israel, Saudi Arabia is one of them that says they're going to be saying, why are you doing this? But it doesn't seem they have the power to stop them. 
Um, and we don't see necessarily Egypt involved in that. But the, I was just going to ask, is Egypt mentioned there prophetically in Ezekiel? Not really in okay. moving against them as far as that goes. Um, uh, you don't have to go back. Parts of Africa are. We see Ethiopia down there, etc. The upper part, which is they call it the lower, but Libya and all that. But Egypt itself, it's kind of silent there. But it's interesting that, that we're helping those, again, that are not going to be really involved and those that... We know we'll need the help, but won't be involved. We're stopping the sale to them. Again, it just kind of it lines mm-hmm. up very, very uh, beautifully with Ezekiel 38 and 39. So worth noting. Keep your eye on that. All right. Uh, let's go to pa- uh, America uh, here for uh, an interesting article. Uh, this is from Israel365news.com. We're getting a lot of Israel365 and Israel National News this week here. Yeah. Um, Amazon has revealed a plan to build a quote-unquote Tower of Babel yeah. opposite of the United States Capitol. Pastor Mark, explain all of Very this. Very interesting. What is me, this? Yeah, let me read some of it, and then we'll, we'll touch on it here. Amazon just unveiled the plans of its new corporate headquarters that will stand in Arlington, Virginia, directly across from the Potomac River in Washington, D.C. Uh, the announcement uh, inaccurately describes the design, it says, as a double helix, But scholars of ancient history and the Bible readily recognize the ancient model for the design of the Tower of Babel. Construction on their second corporate headquarters is expected to begin next year uh, when completed in 2025 at a cost of $2.5 billion. It will include 2.8 million square feet of new office space distributed across across the 22-story building. It says, The natural beauty of the double helix can be seen throughout our world, they said, from geometry of our own DNA, and it has that kind of swirl look of the DNA, you know, swirl with the ladder type look, to the elemental form of galaxies, weather patterns, and pine cones and seashells, the company said. The helix, hmm. the helix at our Arlington headquarters will offer a variety of alternative work environments for Amazon employees. Now, here's what's interesting, Greg. So they're building this. Eh, it's not the Tower of Babel. But again, scholars are saying it really resembles what the Bible describes or what not the Bible, but what history describes as uh, the Tower of Babel. And now what we know from what we've un- uncovered, they call them ziggurats. A ziggurat is a, a certain shaped building that was used to worship false gods. And they were built up to the heavens to reach the gods. And what's interesting about this, well, let me just read this because okay. this is very interesting here. We know the rebellion of man in the last days yes, against, God. against God. We know that man will actually try to fight against God when he comes back in the second coming. So in that <laughs> setting, listen to what it says. Yes. Especially with them designing this like a Tower of Babel. Uh-huh. And that's where mankind said, basically, we're not going to sp- spread out and, and worship God. We're going to stay here and be our own God. We're going to create our own gods and do our own thing. Rabbinic literature offers many different accounts of other causes for building the Tower of Babel and of the intentions of its builders. According to one Midrash, again, Jewish commentary and writing, the builders of the tower called the Generation of Succession, in Jewish, Jewish sources said, and I quote, they said, God has no right to choose the upper world for himself mm. and to leave the lower world to us. Therefore, we will build a tower with an idol at the top holding a sword so that it may appear as if it's intended to be war with God. They're saying that's what the original mm-hmm. Tower of Babel was. Mm-hmm. The building of the tower was meant to bid defiance not only to God, but to Abraham, who exhorted the builders to reverence God. Mm-hmm. So basically, Abraham, they were saying, was saying, look, you're, you're fighting against God. And they're saying, we don't care. We don't, we're we're going to fight against God. We want our own thing. Well, we see that today yeah. in believers. But get this. Some among that generation even wanted to war against God, the Talmud says, They were encouraged in this undertaking by the notion that arrows that they shot into the sky fell back to the ground dripping with blood as though they'd been effective in fighting heaven (laughs) so that the people really believed that they could wage war against the inhabitants of heaven. The Midrash also describes a structure built on tall columns designed to protect the tower from another divine flood because they've been flooded. Now, now, let me say this. The Midrash is not the word of God. I am not saying this is in the Bible. This could be totally and completely fabricated and made up. I'm simply saying I find it interesting that Jewish commentators and writings historically say that they built this um, Tower of Babel to fight against heaven and thought they actually had a chance in light of the fact that when God comes back, when Jesus comes back in the second coming, it says when the nations gather, they're actually going to turn their weapons on the Lord to try to fight him like they can defeat him. And it's the same kind of one world government, Tower of Babel, one world religion. It's the same spirit, which is interesting. Let me ask you this, Pastor Mark. The original Tower of Babel that the Bible talks about in the Old Testament. Yes. 
where was that erected? Uh, that would be right there near the, or they have actually, they think they found the foundation there in, in uh, Babylon, ancient Babylon. Yeah, Ur of Chaldees, that area that, that Abraham came from. I think that's very interesting in light of prophecy, when prophecy in Revelation talks about the fall of Babylon mm-hmm. the Great. Yeah, it, it is interesting, symbolically and spiritually, or it is interesting. Because we've had these conversations many yeah. times before, Yeah, where? Yeah. Is it is it in ancient Iraq? Yeah. Is is uh, is Babylon the Great going to be the Vatican? Yeah, yeah. Is it going to be America? Yeah. It, now this does this story doesn't mean that right. Oh, America is the answer. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, and I think that it is interesting, Greg. Yeah. And we know there's going to be a revived Roman Empire. We know that um, the Roman uh, Catholicism is going to be tied into that. If you're listening and you're Catholic, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm simply saying that... And not, I'm, saying, I'm a former Catholic. I'm not offended. Well, but in the last days, yes. they say the Bible does say that it would appear that the, the, the Catholic Church is going to be linked up with the Antichrist. I'm not yeah. saying, you know, that's just what the Bible indicates, I believe, in, in the book of Revelation. And that's for you can go do your own study as you read it. But the bottom line is... You know, a great probably what it appears to be is ancient Babylon is this ancient Roman Catholicism, maybe even based there out of Rome. But again, it's going to be a spiritually based thing, which we don't know for sure yet, sure yet where it's going to be. But I think the indications are leaning toward, you know, Rome and, and the Vatican and these kind of things in this ancient religion of Babylon that the whole world's under the sway of. And really the, the largest worldwide religion we have today is Catholicism. Okay, so, so interesting. make sure you sign up for Babylon Prime. Yeah. Uh, two-day delivery of destruction. Yeah. Just kidding. You know what? That is really so funny. I need my own room shot There you that. go. Okay. There you go, Babylon <laughs> uh, Growing anti-Semitism, Pastor Mark, IsraelNationalNews.com, reporting that in Germany, anti-Semitic hate crimes have hit an upward trend for, yeah. in 2020. I find it interesting. It keeps surfacing in Germany, and I want to touch on that, Greg, before we leave this article. We okay. know that the Bible says in the last days there's going to be increased hatred for Jews. It's going to be satanic. It's going to happen. I find it interesting that Germany seems to be one of the leaders in the world on a regular basis, especially since 45, and then um, you know on the late 30s and the 40s with World War II, and now we see it resurfacing there. But new report finds authorities logged at least... 2,275 crimes with an anti-Semitic background until the end of January 2021. The number of registered anti-Semitic hate crimes in Germany hit a new upward trend in 2020, citing figures released by the German government that uh, and seen by several German media outlets, the highest number of anti-Semitic hate crimes since German police started collecting data on the politically motivated criminality in 2001. Now, again... The overall arching theme here is increased hatred for Jews in the last days. The Bible tells us Satan is going to do, is going to do that because of God's promises to the nation of Israel. So that's kind of the overriding theme here. But I want to throw something in very interesting. Uh, the Bible talks about, in Revelation, the place where Satan's throne was. And the city that it mentions, Greg, the place that Satan's throne was in the seven churches, um, is the place where the altar to Zeus, a very famous altar to Zeus, was built. Zeus is considered the number one Greek god in the pantheon. So he would be the representative of Satan, the leader of all the false gods, if you will, in the Greek, in the Greek pantheon of the demons behind all these different gods, if you will. So God says that's where Satan's throne dwells, and that's where they built that temple of Zeus. We know that when the Antichrist comes back, he's going to put a, 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 an idol of himself there. But remember, the one that represented him, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, he put an altar to yeah. Zeus there. And so we see the whole Zeus connection to Satan, etc., and the whole picture. Now, here's what makes this interesting. They found that altar to Zeus, and they took it apart piece by piece before World War II, and erected it in Germany. It's now in Germany. That mm. act, actual altar from that church that God warned in Revelation. Then we saw the Germans turn against the Jews and try to kill them. That altar is still in Germany. And now look at the Jewish opposition rising again in Germany. I'm not, look, the, the, the stones themselves, they're stones. But we know that there are demons behind these idols. You wonder mm. if there's not some connection in the demonic realm to honoring that altar yeah. unto Satan, that the demonic realm is still very active there and still in that same altar. And again, that would be a center of hatred for Jews because of hatred for God. So to see that kind of activity happening there in Germany, very interesting to me. Again, there's the spirit realm is very interesting. But again, I think that was worth noting for our listeners to know because it's very intriguing. Very intriguing yes. indeed. 
All right, let's get to our smorgasbord of yuck that we call pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. This is yeah. from AP News. We touched on it earlier at the beginning of our program. Millions endure record cold without power, at least 20 dead. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is uh, AP Network News out of Ocean Isle Beach, North Carolina. But we know that this, uh, this weather issue has hit more than just North Carolina and Texas. Yeah, Texas and North Carolina, the ones that mentioned here. But again, this whole, whole portion of our nation, again, a winter storm that left millions uh, without power in record-breaking cold weather claim more lives Tuesday, including three people found dead after a tornado hit a seaside town in North Carolina and four family members who perished in a Houston-area house fire while using a fireplace to stay warm. So, again, that's just a small portion of it. And that's just touching on that. There's people, Greg, they found people that have frozen to death. In their, one guy they found frozen to death in his chair at home. I mean, I, it, they have no heat and it got that cold that somebody could die. It's amazing. Um, why do I want to mention this? First of all, it reminds you to be praying for them as we, already ta- as we already talked about. However, remember the Bible says that the earth, because of the fall, is groaning until the return of Christ. And the closer we get to the return of Christ, the greater the groaning. Even as a woman, the greater the groaning as she gets ready to give birth. So you're going to see some more of these massive catastrophes on a huge scale happening as the earth groans. Realize these are signs of the times. So we want to keep you aware of these things to be watching them. Okay, Pastor Mark, our last article of the day comes from UPI.com. A new skin patch promises comprehensive health monitoring. Yeah, yeah. I found this worth pointing out because I think that all these things are going to come together, and I'll explain what I mean in a moment when we talk about the mark of the beast. Scientists have developed a new skin patch that can provide all-in-one health monitoring monitoring capabilities. The thin, flexible patch worn on the neck can track the wearer's heart rate and blood pressure as well as glucose levels. The technology, described Monday in a journal Nature uh, Biomedical Engineering, can even measure the amount of lactate, alcohol, or caffeine in a wearer's blood. You've got one of these on, you're going to be busted if you're driving drunk, I can tell you that. So I can see some good uses here already. This type of wearable uh, would be very helpful for people with underlying medical conditions to monitor their own health on a regular basis. Uh, co-first author of the study, Lu Yin, said in a news release. Now again, I wa- why do I point this out? This patch is not the mark of the beast. I want to be clear on that. The mark of the beast will be implemented by a world leader out of Europe, and he'll make everybody take it. It will either be on the hand or the forehead. It will not be a shot. It may be administered by some type of um, injection thing, but it's going to be something on the hand or the forehead. But why do I bring this up? Because I've always said, and I still believe, whenever this mark comes along, it's going to be so very attractive to the public for numerous reasons. It's not just going to be attractive for uh, your bank account. It's not just going to be attractive for opening your car in your house. It's not going to just be attractive so you have you know these kind of things. Uh, you're you're going to have your medical records with you if there's an accident. Um, you're going to be able to monitor if you're a diabetic, your heart rate, your blood rate, your all these different things. It's going to be an all-in-one thing, I think. It's going to be uh, t- taking care of health issues. It's going to be taking care of financial banking issues. It's going to be taking care of home and, and leisure and pleasure issues. And it's also, as we know, Greg, going to be used as a tracking device by the Antichrist of every human on the planet. You won't be able to get away with it. You know, we just left. I was down in Florida at a conference this past week. And I watched uh, the Tesla, the latest Tesla SpaceX rocket go up and release 60 satellites on one rocket. That's amazing. That is amazing. I mean, they're they're obviously small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what it's doing is they're going up and they're releasing just these groupings of satellites that go around the Earth in different orbits. And we're going to have basically a worldwide uh, phone usage. It's a worldwide web. Worldwide web and worldwide (laughs) phone usage, which means it's going to change everything. It's going to be a wonderful thing. However. Technologically. However, it also will be able to trace chips. And uh, database things, which means when the mark comes along and it's put on you, Tesla has now put something in place that the Antichrist will be able to use to effectively trace every human on the planet wherever they go. You will not be able to escape. I don't care where you are. You will not be able to escape. That's what the mark is going to do. It'll be a total control unit by the Antichrist causing everyone to do what he wants them to do. And again, as believers, again, we're never to take that. We can't have anything to do with it. I believe we'll be out of here before it's even implemented. But here's the thing, as we always say on Signs of the Times, the stage is being set. Everything is getting ready for what the Antichrist is going to do in the last days. Make sure your stage is set to be into the kingdom of God. Um, You want to make sure you know the Lord. It's not worth, nothing down here is worth anything 
um, if you spend eternity separated from God. So make sure that you have confessed your sin to Jesus Christ. The Bible says he died for you. He died for me. All of our sins. Confess your sins. Ask him to be your Lord. You'll not only escape this mess that we talk about each week when we look at what you know happening at the end days, yeah. but you'll be forever in the kingdom uh, with the Lord. So I make that appeal to you today. You know, Don't just get beefed up on um, the prophecy. Don't just get beefed up on even knowing the Bible. None of that does you any good if you don't know the author of the Bible and make that relationship, which we talked about earlier, will not only cause you to love him, but all of mankind and all of your brothers. You will love them because Jesus Christ will live in you and love them Of all of Paul's accolades, he said, I count them all as rubbish compared to knowing Christ and making him known. There you go. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Folks, don't forget, it's thewaymedia.net. Click on Signs of the Times. You can see our other content there as well, the family of content from Calvary Knoxville. We thank you for joining us this Friday and hope you can join us next Friday at 1.30 as we discuss more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. different would your life be if you had enough faith to believe god loves you and he'll never leave you or forsake you he has a plan for your life for good and not for evil he will forgive your sins and he'll lead you in paths of righteousness he'll meet all your needs and work all things together for good for those who believe believe the truth w-i-a-m 101.1 fm the way